Hello, I'm Marco Zaza. And I'm David Zaza. This is Concertina Died and Other Stories of the East Side. Over the years, whenever our family was gathered around the dining table, I would tell stories about growing up on the east side of Youngstown, Ohio. These are fond memories of my youth, of my Italian immigrant parents, and of the shared experiences of family. I hope that some of the pleasure and the sense of the past that I get from telling them comes through in this podcast. When you're not used to doing it, foreign travel can be terrifying. It's easy to feel like you don't know what you're doing, to stumble over unknown words and phrases, to feel embarrassed by asking for help. And if you're traveling alone, all of that is heightened. Before I traveled with any regularity, my stomach would be in knots from the time I arrived at the airport until I'd found my rhythm a couple of days into my trip. My first times arriving in Paris, in Vienna, in Madrid, even in London, where there was no language barrier, were stressful. But nothing compared to the angst and worry I felt as I flew to Japan, with no language to fall back on, and a fear of not even being able to read signs or menus or recognize letters. Those fears were, thankfully, unfounded. And all of that experience was in our hyper-connected world, where I've basically got a supercomputer in my pocket. My grandmother's fear, back in the 1950s, even though she was heading back to her homeland, as she boarded an airplane for the first time in her life, must have been just terrible. But interestingly, while this week's story is about her outbound journey and learning to be comfortable in an airplane, the conversation with my dad reveals that it was the return to her life in the USA that really became important to my grandmother. So much of our podcast is about how my father's family morphed and grew from its Italian roots to the new world, and while today's story is really just a charming and small memory, it reveals the moment my grandmother Zaza seemingly most embraced her own transformation into being an American. Mama's Airplane Trip When my mother was 28 years old, She came to America from Italy with her three-year-old daughter in steerage class on a ship named the Vulcania. She had ocean sickness for the entire trip. Twenty-six years later, at the age of 54, she made her first trip back to Italy. Afraid to fly, she wanted to travel by ocean liner, but Papa, who could not accompany her and who remembered how sick she had been on the trip many years ago, laid down the rules. Either Mama flies via Alitalia Airlines or she stays home. Mama's desire to revisit her hometown and to see her two surviving brothers was greater than her fear of flying, and she told the story of her first and only flight like this. I was afraid to stand up or move too much in my seat for fear that I would rock the plane like a rowboat, so I sat stiffly upright for almost two hours. Then I began to squirm, because I needed to use the lavatory. Seated next to me was a very nice young man, who realized my discomfort, and politely asked me if I was Italian. When I said yes, he began speaking to me in Italian, 
telling me about the plane we were in and how nice it was to stroll down the aisle and even to use the lavatory to refresh your face with cool water. Then he offered to walk with me if I wanted him to. I was a little fearful, but I accepted, and after a few steps down the aisle, I knew it was okay to walk in an airplane. How astute that young man was to recognize Mama's need for the bathroom. But being a perfect gentleman, an Italian to boot, he knew exactly how to approach the subject without disrespecting an older married woman. So, Mama's airplane trip. She made one flight in her entire life, well, two flights there and back at the age of 54. She never took another another flight? No, because my father drove wherever they wanted to go on vacation, and she had no reason to get in another plane. She didn't want to get on this plane. They were never moved to go back to Italy together? No. Your father had no interest in going back. He went back in 1948. He saw his mother and father and his brother, his sister, and that was it. He came back to the United States after that trip, and his father died, I think, the next year. So he was glad he went. It's interesting that they never went back together. No. And then some years later, she went. Right. So she she flies back. Was she there for a long time? Was this a long visit? And did she get to see she everybody there, she needed to see? She was there, I think, two months. Huh. I think it was about two months. She met my brother Nick there. The only reason she went was because my brother Nick wrote and said he wanted to go to Italy, to Molfetta, but he wanted my mother to join him because he didn't speak any, he didn't even speak the broken Italian that I spoke. So she said, okay, she would go, but she wanted to go on a boat. Right. Because my father, who liked to rent little boats, would tell my mother she had to sit absolutely still because he didn't want her to tip over a canoe or a boat. Right. And she had no knowledge of airplanes, and she thought it'll be the same thing in an airplane. I have to just sit really still. Sure. So she said, I want to go by boat, and he said, you're either going by plane or you're not going. And he was the boss. And in this case, he was right. Yes, he was. Because that's a long journey by boat. Yes. And he's right. She was sick when she did it the first time. Yeah. So she was there for a long time. Was Nick in the service? He was in the Is service. Is that why he, he was, was there? He was in the service stationed in Germany, and he wanted to go to Molfetta. So he met my mother in Molfetta. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about your trip to Italy from being stationed in Germany. Yes. And so Nick had done the exact same thing earlier. Yes. But he met your mother there. And you he were met my own. mother there because he was worried about being able to... to connect with the family there because he spoke no Italian at all. Interesting. And they stayed there together or forever how long his leave was. Yeah, they they were there together and and, and then he left and then I think eventually my mother returned home. She may have stayed on a bit after he left. Did she travel around or she was just there? She was just there visiting her brothers and she had two brothers at that time. Her sisters were already dead but her two brothers were both living. Antonio And Damiano was the other brother. Mm -hmm. Damiano, in an earlier story, I mentioned Marta from Hoboken. Yes. Damiano was her father. Okay. 
I would have loved for my mother to meet me in Italy, in Molfetta especially, because then I think I would have seen more and done more than I did do, although I can't, I don't regret anything I did, and I've really enjoyed staying with my uncle, Antonio. I'm not sure I agree with you. There's something wonderful about your trip being independent and that you found your way, you met these wonderful people, and then you didn't have, you you didn't play second fiddle to your mother's reunion with them. You were the main attraction, and... I think you're right now that I'm thinking about that. Now that you mention that, yeah, you're probably right. It no doubt would have been well, wonderful been to nice. be with yeah. your mother there because obviously that would have given you a different perspective. I've been to Italy a really good number of times without my family, without you and mom and without Stephanie. But when I've gone with you guys, it's been a completely different thing yeah. and really informative about our own history. I see why you would want to have well, done it with her, but... But it, it cannot be possible, so I'm happy with what has happened. Did Uncle Nick say anything to you about his trip? Nick and I were never close in that regard. He didn't confide in me in anything, and when he came home from the service, he told me, yes, he you know... He had met my mother in Italy, and he had met our cousins. But he was not as attached to those relationships as I was, even though I didn't know them. I felt closer to them than he ever did. My mother did tell us it was wonderful to be with my brother there. Of course, she wanted to be with her son. But she didn't tell us too much about what went on there either. So, no... I would have to say Nick did not confide in me about anything that happened in Molfetta or in Italy. And when my mother returned to the United States, you never knew Grandma Zaza. She was short and heavy set, quite heavy. And she said, if I could have knelt down and kissed the ground in New York, I would have. But of course, I couldn't do that. If she would kneel down, she would never be able to get up without a lot of help. She was never so happy to come back to the United States because things were still very backward in her hometown. There were no bathrooms, there were no showers, there were no... And she had everything that she wanted here in in the United States. She had a new home, she had two bathrooms, not one, and all the conveniences that one could, could ask for. She had truly become an American. She was an American. She knew how to ride the bus. She knew she'd stand on the corner. The bus would come and take her downtown. Sure. 12 Albert was the number of the bus. She'd get on that, go downtown, do her shopping, whatever she wanted, wait on the corner downtown, look for the 12 Albert and get on that and knew where to get off. Even as, a, as an immigrant woman who was not particularly proficient with the language, right. she had a big element of independence. She did. She did, and I think my sister Martha was uh, uh, responsible for a lot of that because she would say to her ma, you can do whatever you want to do. You just have to do it. That's interesting, especially given my own knowledge of Aunt Martha and her personality, but also a 
a couple weeks from now, we're going to be talking about your mother's immigration story. And Aunt Martha, as a very young girl, was traveling with her on that immigration. Three years old. She was three years old. And you say in, in that story, which we'll talk about in a couple weeks, that she took care of her. She did. And related to this story, because she was so sick on the boat, right. that her very young daughter really already at the age of three was able to step up and kind of take charge or exactly. help her. That's great. It makes all of the context of the immigration stories for all four of my grandparents and the general sweep of the stories of this entire podcast really rich. One interesting aspect of, of that for me is that it's mom's mother who grew up in serious poverty in, in, Italy. in Italy. Yes. And your mother would be relatively middle class. Yes. But returning from American middle class to Southern Italy middle class. Poverty was there. It was a whole world away. Yes, it was. It also makes you think of how brave these women were to come over. In Grandma Labasso's case, they were forced to come over. In my mother's case, she was forced to come over too because my father said, either you come or I quit sending money. Right, and he was already here. And he was here. They and, were already married and had a child, so she and, came. Yeah, and her father said, your place is with your husband. You have to go. So she went. But it took a lot of courage to get on that boat. Well, Sure. And then it sounds like it took a lot of courage for her to get on the plane to go back for this trip. It did. Did she tell you this whole story? As yeah, a, she, told us, she, she told us the when story. When she got back. Yeah. And that's when she told us the story. If she could have knelt on the ground and kissed the ground, she would have been happy. I bet. So, and Grandpa went to pick her up in New York in or New something? York. Grandpa and Martha went to pick her up. She um, must have flown at that time, would have either flown to Rome or Milan. I think she flew to Rome. And then, and took I a think train? that's where she met my brother. And then they took a train to Molfetta. Right. But she felt confident with him once she met him. Of course. Because he would make all the arrangements, of course. Sure. And in any case, she's landing in her home country. Language is not Italian, an issue yeah, and whatever, so it becomes easier. It was actually just the flight that was the stressful part for her in yeah, the beginning. Very stressful because people aren't supposed to be up in the sky. Yeah. And then two months of remembering what it was actually like there and coming back and kissing the ground or wanting to kiss the yeah. ground back in the United States. Yeah, because she knew, she knew what she had here and she knew what was not there. Did she say that she felt more comfortable on the second flight coming home? She had done you know, it once. She really you know. didn't talk too much about the flight home uh, because the story was in the flight going. She was very uncomfortable. Yeah, but this nice young man helped her. He did. He understood her problem. Yeah. That's great. What else? Well, I don't know that I can tell you any more about the story of my mother's visit to Italy. Within months of her return to the United States, one of her brothers died. Damiano died. So she was very happy that she had got to see him again, since she never did get to see her sisters again once she left Italy. And like I said earlier, she didn't know of her own parents' death until after the war because there was, there was no, no, communication. Uh, no, no communication between the two countries well, they were during the, enemy. the war. 
After the war, her brother Antonio wrote to tell her of his parents, of their parents' death. That must be a huge emotional weight to get on that plane coming back from that trip knowing I'm probably never going back to Italy, I'm probably never seeing my siblings again. Right. I think she might have thought about that and uh, there was no, there was nothing she could do about it. And she wouldn't live in Italy again. No, I mean... As much as she wanted to be near her brothers, she would never do that. And, uh, and she her was life so was, thrilled to be back in her American Her life, life was here now. Her children were here. Yeah. Her home was here. And all the comforts that could be afforded to a middle-class family were here. Sure. There's just an enormous symbolic... Yes. ...line drawn here where it's just like, that's it. Now... It's, it's almost like the trip was for her to go back and close the yeah. Italy chapter of her life That's right. once and for That's all. That's exactly the what it was. She did close that chapter of her life. The stories on this podcast can all be reread at ConchatinaDied.com. The website also features old family photos, so you can see the people we discuss each week. Many of those pictures also get posted to Instagram, so please follow Conchatina Died there as well. The stories and memories on this podcast are all Marco Zaza's. Next week, Dad reads us a letter he found among his mother's personal belongings upon her death. Yes, a love letter received in her youth from her future husband. So, Marco, pour a glass of wine to toast the family origin story, and I'll talk to you next week.